Now on Sports Talk, it's SC Wild with Major Billy Downer of the Department of Natural Resources. Major Downer is here to take your questions about the great outdoors in South Carolina. Give him a call at 888-898-2525. It's SC Wild from DNR on the Sports Talk Radio Network. And it is time to welcome in the Major from the Department of Natural Resources, Major Billy Downer, another edition of Essie Wild on Sports Talk. Good evening, Major. How are you? Uh, doing great. Always a pleasure to be a part of the show tonight with you, Phil. Um, things have gotten warmer around the state, so we're back to sweating again. It's white mosquitoes. <laughs> <laughs> All right, let me put our phone I mean, number you know, out there. Let me let me put the phone number out there if you have a question or comment for the Major rega- regarding uh, anything in the outdoors question or comment about anything with DNR, dealing with DNR, dealing with DNR agents, DNR policy, uh, DNR this, DNR that, uh, 888-898-2525 is how you can reach us tonight. Go ahead, sir. All right, so, you know, we, we ended the show last time. We had a really good show with Charles Rue following up on deer, talking about uh, scoring uh, and antlers and just with things happening right now where, you know, it got cold the last few weeks. A lot of big deer are being seen, a lot of big deer being taken. So it's kind of nice to have a show about scoring a little bit, teaching them folks a little bit about what it takes to get a quality uh, white-tailed buck and what that means. Mm-hmm. I even learned some stuff. I, I didn't realize how much the, uh, the t- you know, your beam length matters, and that was a big one for me. And I've helped score a bunch and just didn't realize that. So that was a, a neat show last time. And following up the day a little bit uh, with something I spent – uh, I, I've been in conversations with the last, um, it seems like last two weeks with folks talking about deer season. And uh, so if we're talking about it, that means probably most everybody else is talking about it too. But we, we've done this before on the show, but just talking about rifles, ammunition, cartridges, you know, and what's the best deer rifle out there. Mm-hmm. So you, you start that conversation, you're liable to get, you know, opinions from all over the, the map uh, because it really is it's to each his own. You know, I remember when I was growing up, the 270 was the best thing. Everybody thought 270 was great. And then all of a sudden, the 270 uh, Winchester short mag came out. That became the new hot thing. And now, the hot thing is the 6.5 Creedmoor. Now, you got lots of folks that like to joke about that and uh, talk about a little, the, uh, the secret 6.5 handshake, <laughs> whatever. Uh, I will say this. I have fought the 6.5, the 6.5 trend for the last couple of years. Uh, I had hunted with a 7mm 08, which is a 308 cartridge, uh, necked up to 7mm round in it. Um, been a really good cartridge. We've had that used for youth hunts a lot. We, we found that to be a lot better than 243 for leaving a good blood trail to be able to find your your, um, your deer. And, you know, when you start talking about ammunition and rifles and, and what you want to hunt deer with, you know, on private land, there's not a whole lot of friction on what you can hunt deer with on private land. Um, but... You know, you want to shoot a deer with something that's going to take it down quickly and without any uh, suffering to the animal. And you want to be able to get the animal quickly so you can get it to the processor so you can get to your meat. Uh, particularly when it's hot like this, you want to get that deer off the ground and into the processor as much as you can. Uh, colder weather helps us a little bit, gives us more time, we can relax. You start talking about rifle rounds and you get into the calibers and things, um, millimeters, whatever. Um, you know, you start off in that 243 is kind of on the lower end of things. 223, Phil, for those that don't know that, the 223 round is what 
uh, most of your M4 car, your, your uh, what people would call it M16, would shoot us a two, two, three round. A lot of uh, been a lot of energy in that in the last 10, 15 years. Folks wanting with uh, Palmetto State Armory and others making these uh, M4 platform rifles, a semi-automatic and a two, two, three, or what's called a five, five, six NATO round. Anyway. Mm-hmm. Uh, the uh, two two three, the lower end, you start going up to two forty three. You go from two forty three to you know it's two seventy, and you get into the six millimeter range. Uh, and that two forty three to two seventy, that six millimeter in the middle there. And the six five has been a big deal. It's called a six five Creedmoor, and it's a really long bullet, so it has a lot of kinetic energy in that bullet, which helps it fly straighter and tends to be a really nice flat shooting bullet or at least it gives folks the, the, the feeling that they can shoot longer shots, uh, not a lot of recoil. But traditionally, over time, you talk about rifles and cartridges, you go back to 30 all 6 it's been around for a long time, um, uh, over you know 100 years, I think, and, and that's just a tremendously popular round, great sporting round still today. A lot of kick in it. <laughs> it's going to hit your shoulder pretty hard. Uh, folks don't want to sit there and shoot a 30 all six all day, generally sighting it in. They want to get it done. Um, the seven millimeter uh, is also a, a, a very a hefty round um, for going to take elk and things like that. Uh, you know, 308, popular round. Um, 3030 has been around for a long time. It's also a 30, a 30 uh, caliber round, uh, but typically a closer end shot. Um, to folks, most folks might remember the old 3030, the Marlin 3030 is a lever action. It's like the old West gun. Um, but again, just a lot of different calibers out there. You can go all over the place. But one of the things people want to get into, and we talked about some on shows in the past, is long range shooting. And we're seeing that at our ranges. Of course, DNR has, you know, four public rifle ranges that we man across the state. And we've got, um, another range down at Tlachicola that we, that is not manned. Uh, that's open to the public, and then one at Belfast that's not man's. Uh, but the four man ranges we have, one at, uh, at Pickens, this is our oldest, the Spartanburg of the James O. Thomason range in Spartanburg County, and then, you know, Watery Range here we built recently uh, here in Richland County, or in, in uh, Lower Richland. And then we have the uh, Twin Ponds range, which we did in conjunction with the U.S. Forest Service down in Allendale in upper Charleston County. Um, so, those are, are ranges that are typically a 100-yard range, I and mean, most people want to go sight a rifle in. They're going to sight a rifle in at about 100 yards. That's what they, most folks, you go to the store today, I, I, I will say this. I'm going to admit to the public that's listening, yes, Billy Downer has succumbed to the 6.5. Hmm. Uh, I went and finally decided that I was going to buy a 6.5 Creedmoor because I've heard so much about it, and I do shoot in a long field, and I said, you know what? I've been fighting this for a couple of years. I'm going to finally get one. So I chose to get a 6.5. I went out and I researched a little bit. And my neighbor has a um, a Browning uh, rifle, which is an X-Bolt in what's called the Hell's Canyon. And uh, he bought that a couple of years ago, and I helped him sight it in. It was so easy to sight in. We, we did it in three or four shots. And uh, every year when he comes over here and we shoot the rifle in my range, it, it's it's so easy and so it, it, it basically what they call a tack driver. It will put, you know, two shots inside a uh, dime. Easy. Um, or three shots, whatever. 
which is pretty good. Uh, but at a hundred yards, you sight when you go buy a rifle like today, they bore sight the rifle. They put a device in the end of your uh, barrel, and they take your scope, you put on the rifle, and they're going to sight it and adjust the scope to the bore sight based on your caliber at a hundred yards. And you go take that. And basically, that gets you on the paper at a range if you're starting to, to sight your rifle in. It gets you close. Typically, folks start off at 50 yards and then back up from there. But today, as I was talking about our ranges, most all of our ranges are 100-yard ranges. Mm-hmm. We have one particular range in Spartanburg, James O. Thomas range. Because of it where it is and its location with a mountain in the background or a hill in the background, we have a 200-yard range there, which is very popular. But folks want to go out and shoot 300, 400, 500, even 1,000 yards. And it's just hard to find a location where you can safely shoot that far. Uh, I know there's one range that Palmetto State Army took over here in Swansea, I think. It's a 1,000-yard range. Uh, But it's just so hard to find a place where you can shoot wide open because we don't have – it's not like out west. We don't have wide open country. So it's hard sometimes to find an area that you can safely shoot a thousand yards and contain the bullets. When I say contain the bullets, you don't want a bullet to leave your range. Uh, so as DNR, we, we've just been very, very. And folks ask us all the time, why can't you? Why don't we have longer ranges? Well, it's hard to place a range for us uh, where you can contain bullets if you start getting out a hundred yards. You go to two hundred yards or three hundred yards, you've really got to do some different measurement. There's different things you have to do to make sure that bullet stays in the range. And it's very important to us that it does that. Because uh, you don't want bullets flinging out somewhere else and uh, pinging on a car or side of a house. That would be a terrible thing. Um, and oftentimes we get calls at our office. Uh, and folks, you know, need to notice that in our state, range laws, you know, our, our range laws are very open. Uh, it's, basically, it's basically other than a law that's on the books that says you have to, you know, you can't, uh, you got to mark your range for noise and things. There's very little restrictions on ranges. So folks can go shoot in their backyard. It's basically determined by the counties and county code, and uh, a lot of times it's in building code in the counties, how they regulate where folks can shoot and how you shoot in, a, in your county. So a lot of folks don't understand that. DNR is not over ranges and range construction for the whole state for anybody. We just maintain some public ranges that we create with our Pittman Robertson and wildlife restoration funds. Uh, so that's where we're into the range business is the range that we, we have a mission to try to create some public shooting opportunity where we can. Um, that's what we've done in Watery Range here at Twin Ponds, maintaining Pickens and maintaining the uh, James O'Thomas range in Spartanburg. Um, so there's a lot, of, a lot of pieces in that, but long-range shooting, we've talked about that in the past, but just um, – when you're trying to take a, a, a long-range shot, and long-range to me, in definition, is that two, three, four hundred-yard shot. Some folks, long-range is a thousand yards. They want to get out there. Uh, most deer in this state aren't shot at a thousand yards. They're going to be shot in that four hundred-yard, uh, the three to four hundred-yard range, and that's pretty long-range for most folks. And generally, a good scope and a good rifle can reach that. Um, and you start talking about scopes when you talk about a rifle and, and, and rifles. It, one rule of thumb I've learned in a long, a long hard time of 25, 30 years of, doing, of shooting rifles, you're going to spend at least twice as much on a good scope as you do on your rifle. <laughs> and that's hard to believe. Hmm. But a good rifle today, for instance, uh, the, the Browning 
a Hell's Canyon rifle or a good Browning rifle uh, Expo is going to be around twelve hundred dollars. You can buy a Magar for around seven hundred fifty dollars. Uh, it's a decent rifle. You can buy a Tika out there. Everybody's familiar with Tika. Uh, Remington uh, still makes a decent rifle, not as solid as it used to be. Uh, they're in the seven fifty eight hundred dollar range. Um, and then there's, you know, of course, the Jarrett rifles uh, with Kenny Jarrett and Jay Jarrett uh, down in Jackson, South Carolina. They're in the three, four, five, six, ten thousand plus range. Um, that are definitely long distance rifles that they hand make um, and are precision out to a thousand yards. Uh, or you know, they just are built. They build a long range rifle. But general rifles like that, you're Browning off the shelf from your local um, hardware store or sportsman's warehouse or what have you, wherever you go to buy a rifle, getting a good scope, you know, basic scope for Leopold. You're talking about a Leopold uh, basic bottom line scope is going to be three, five, $400 now. Hmm. Um, you get up to 1200 to 2500 to 3500 for a good scope. <laughs> and it can get crazy. And then there's scopes now that are, the ATN scope's around eight nine hundred dollars, and it has a video component. It'll video what you're doing to your phone and actually show infrared. Uh, there's a lot of question about that, folks. Is that legal? What well, is legal as long as you're shooting during legal shooting time? The limit on shooting is you have to shoot between an hour before sunrise to an hour after sunset. That's what daytime is considered. We've talked about that numerous times on the show. Mm-hmm. Uh, so those those pieces um, in scopes when you're shooting. Long distance, you know, a solid rest, able to secure that rifle, not move around a bunch, sandbags, uh, and folks don't just generally carry sandbags to the to a stand with them. But a lot of folks are getting serious now about deer hunting in big fields, and they create a good rest, a good comfortable seat. Uh, a lot of folks take an old office chair and throw in a stand and build a nice big tower and put an office chair in so they can relax and spin around, and they're going to build a nice rest out of two by six or something and have a solid rest, put a sandbag there or a shooting bag where they can secure that rifle uh, to not have a lot of movement. That's key. Past that, good scope, sighted in, and a scope is it's able to give you the ability to see out far enough to make that shot and to have the adjustments. So those are all, all, all big pieces. You know, Swarovski the a big a big scope dealer that they're, you know, bottom line scope to thousand dollars and then it goes up twenty five hundred and up from there. Um so it's just so much out there. Miata, they're in the five, six, seven hundred dollar range up to twelve hundred and plus, fourteen hundred. Really good scopes there, and then Zeiss, another German scope, uh, just very good optics there. And it's all about glass and your optics and what you can see. So many different things when you start getting long distance. And then there's the component of how late you want to sit. sit. Mm-hmm. And I had a co- got in a conversation this week about that. Just when you're buying a rifle and a scope, so many times folks can sit. So most people always are paying attention. When we talk about sunsets. You want to know when sunset is. Well, official sunset is not dark. You generally have about 30 more minutes after sunset before it starts to get to the twilight type of light. Any scope you buy, pretty much any scope you buy, can see from sunset to that 30 minutes after. These higher line scopes, these more, your, your Swarovski with really good glass, your Miatas, um, your upper level Leopold 
um, you know, when you get to that $1,000 scope and beyond, is what it takes to be able to see those next 15, 20, 30 minutes until legal, you know, until it, it, it's not legal shooting when it's stop. But that last, if there's, those extra 15, 20 minutes can mean the difference between shooting a really nice buck and not seeing him at all. Mm. And people have found that out because, as we've talked about many times on the show as well, these big deer don't get big because they come out whenever they want to. Hmm. They're very smart. They wait till late until we got a, unless you have a rut, like we've talked about in the last two weeks has been kind of a rut. Might get a little bit cold snap here the first of November, be another little rut hit here, get hit a little bit. You know, bucks will be stupid twice, pretty much all year. <laughs> Come out in the daytime, pretty much twice being stupid. Hmm. But if you have a really good scope and you can sit after that official sunset for that extra 15, 20 minutes of legal time to shoot, that's when you can catch that buck coming out when he doesn't think you're there. And, and those are what people focus on with these rifles um, and trying to get, you know, getting that quality scope um, that can let them see further, see longer, and then also shoot further. Because the further you shoot, the farther you are away, and the less likely that buck is going to smell you. Because their sense of smell and their sense of sight incredible. All right, let me jump so, in. Let me jump in, Major. We have a caller for you, has a question along the lines of what you're talking about, but also along the lines of safety in using sure. the rifles and in hunting and things like that. I know that's something near and dear to your heart, but along the lines of what you're talking about. Absolutely. We go back to our buddy who called in earlier tonight on Sports Talk from the PD, Tar Hizzle, who is himself a great uh, game hunter and a great outdoorsman. Tar Hizzle. Hey guys, good 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 afternoon, Major. You know, I, I hearing all this and, and the talking and everything. We we on our property down in Florence County, we've kind of changed over and do more bow hunting, but we do still have folks to come out and we you know put them in the stands and, and let them rifle hunt. And you talk about you know out west where you can really reach out and shoot and this and that. You know, I've watched South Carolina, Florence County, especially diminish that ability in that area that we really had to hunt and houses being put up in, in great areas where we saw big deer back in the day. And I just want to remind all our hunters out there, especially that have kids that are going out there and putting them in a stand, and they're shooting a 7-millimeter Magnum, or they're shooting a 300, or they're shooting these 308s that are so flat and can go so far. Remember where you're at. Remember what's out there. Remember where a cut-down comes in, and you don't have them trees to stop you from that house that sits 500 yards away from what you're shooting at. Be aware of shooting down. Be aware of what you're shooting at. Just the other day, in my, I got a place in Fairfield County, too. I was sitting and had a lady and a man walk by my stand within 30 yards. They had no clue it was hunting season. And literally, if I would have shot, I mean, God, hopefully I would have never been in their direction. I would have identified what I was looking at. But it was dangerous. You know, I immediately got out of the stand and walked over to them and let them know it's hunting season. I don't know if you know that or not. Not only did you could you have messed me up, but you could have got hurt, and I would have been devastated if something would have happened, not knowing you were on that road that you don't belong on, that ain't your property. But just please be careful. Shoot down. Know what you're shooting at. If it's late twilight and you can't really identify what you're shooting at, hold off. They'll come back. If you feed them you get water to them, they'll come back. You'll get another chance. But just be safe first and foremost. And I know we have a lot of accidents that way in South Carolina and 
I couldn't imagine hunting after something like that. So please be aware of what you're shooting at and what's behind your field or your land that could be a house or could be a playground. Make sure what you're looking at. And we got so many great ways to GPS what's around us. Take a look at it whenever you're in your stand. Those are all excellent points. I appreciate you bringing that up. We've said that so many times in the show. Know your target and what lies beyond it and what lies beyond it and in front of it. Because so many times when you get focused on that, whatever you're shooting at, you don't think about what's beyond it. And he's right. That's what I talk about. So many, there's so few areas in this state you can shoot far because of housing developments come up. No doubt he's right. But in, in, in another point he made, which is a good one to remind folks, is just because you think you're the only person on your property and you're in the middle of 300, 400 acres or 1,000 acres and there's no way somebody could be in here, that's not always the case. Always identify what you're shooting. And if it's late, particularly in those twilight times, and you can't properly identify what's there, you don't shoot at a blob ever. So don't ever think that when we're talking about these these good scopes and things that, that we're trying to promote somebody shooting a blob, never. But if you can properly identify your target and you know what's beyond it and you're elevated from the elevated position, you got ground to back you up, those are how you make safe shots. And he's exactly right. Uh, we, we fortunately don't have a whole lot of accidents where that happens. But sometimes we do where people misidentify and shoot at other people thinking they're a deer. And that is never a good thing. Mm-hmm. And um, it can always be prevented. So one remind folks, as he said, very important, always identify your target. Know what you're shooting. Know the identifying features of your game. What lies in front of and beyond your target. Because once you pull the trigger, you can never pull that shot back. Yeah. A bullet has no uh, recall. Once once it's gone, they ain't calling it back, right? You're not going to be able to pull it back. That's right. But, but, you know, so many times people have – people are unaware that they move here or whatever, and they walk on property things and walk anywhere they want. And they'll be trespassing, and they're wrong for trespassing. Let's be clear. However, that doesn't mean you can shoot them. Hmm. or that you would want to shoot them. So, you know, it's just one of those things you've got to be aware all the time and be thinking, you know, could, is that a deer? Make sure it's a deer, you know. Again, because the later it gets, the harder it gets to identify. And that's what we're talking about. You know, people will shoot at just a brown blob, and that's not ever a good idea. And we're never, pro- we're never promoting that by any means. We are talking about using quality options and things so you can get good sights and you can really properly identify something, you know, past that normal time when you, if you get a regular scope, you know, there are quality optics out there to allow you to see a little bit longer. But again, you always want to make sure you identify that target um, so that you know it's the deer you're shooting at. So those are all good points. I appreciate him weighing in on that and remind mm-hmm. us of that because those are, those are excellent things to remember. Uh, and as we close the show tonight, um, certainly would not want to remind, you know, would, would be remiss if not reminding that of folks. So that's a good thing to close tonight with is make sure, you know, if you get a good optic, you get a good rifle that can take a, a, a long shot, um, just make sure you know your property. And if somebody builds a house, you know what? Don't put your stand where you're shooting toward it. Yeah, Those are just easy decisions you can make. But people make this mistake all the time, and it's not against the law. I'm really mad at my um, neighbors but, for having deer stands all around my house, and they're all pointing towards me. I don't get that. <laughs> That's not a good idea. That's correct. Um, I'd rather have that stand close to me shooting away from my house than right there I think they're shooting, shooting in the back me. shooting toward my house. I think they're you shooting know? at me. Well, I have no comment to that, Phil. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> 
You uh, get kind of sassy sometimes, you know. I you know, like. I know. Major, uh, we're down to our last 30 seconds. Any final thoughts? No, again, just reminding folks, again, you know, be safe out there. Enjoy this hunting season. It's a great time. So hopefully some cool weather come around as we approach Thanksgiving. We'll talk about waterfowl season next show. Yep. You can get into that. But, again, um, be safe, be seen. Make sure you're walking back from your stand. Use a flashlight so others can identify that you're a person walking. Great stuff, Major. As always, a pleasure being with you. You have a great couple of weeks. We'll talk to you in two weeks. Yes, sir. Thank you. There he goes, the Major. Billy Downer out into his woods, SC Wild from DNR. Thank you for being with us. We'll see you tomorrow night. Mm-hmm.